If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is sponsored by Mudstack. Mudstack is the only asset management and collaboration platform custom built for game studios and digital artists. So level up your game art and your art game with Mudstack. Are you frustrated with convoluted folder hierarchies and naming conventions that make finding assets a pain? Do you hate using version control software that was built for software engineers instead of you, an artist? Are you also annoyed with late feedback that forces you to throw away hours and hours of work? We all been there. Finally, there's a solution built for you, the artist. Mudstack is the only digital asset management version control and review platform custom built for artists and game studios. Get started for free in just a few minutes at mudstack.com. That's M-U-D-S-T-A-C-K.com. Uh, yep. If I haven't given enough introduction, and I haven't, uh, I, 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 I share a special kinship with you because I, I started my career at, at 2K and you, you're in the industry way longer than I have. But I, I, way back then, I, I believe I told this story many times, you know, when I saw you and saw what you could do, which was everything. I looked at you and I looked at myself. I was like, I didn't know those people exist where they can just do the <laughs> pipeline from beginning to end and having no input from myself or any other people. Uh, they can really kill it, right? And of course, we know the Resonated team is is uh, is made up of a group of two or three people, right? Besides you, uh, yeah, two person, myself and my dev partner Steve Copeland. Yeah, that, that's Pretty an small insane team. small team. So. Yeah. Uh, I always root and uh, it actually is perfect timing because we started the podcast right around when you, you started development of a new and we're, we're at that point where you guys are having exciting news and I'll, I'll let you kind of take the, 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 the field here uh, to tell more people about the game and what your team is about before we get started. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I'm Jeff Spoonhauer. Um, thanks for having me again, Brandon. Um, working on a, uh, an indie action exploration game um people call like to call them metroidvanias called a new the distant light um i guess while i'm talking I, i'll just let the demo go into it what we call in the biz the attract mode uh which is a bunch of video footage to attract people to look at their look at their screens um but yeah uh a new the distant light um been working on this game with my partner steve copeland for um believe it or not it's coming up on six years uh in, in this coming july um, so we've been working on it. It's been a full-time job, which is pretty crazy. Um, but uh, we're really excited about the game, and we are, amazingly enough, staying motivated after such a long um, development cycle. Um, uh, the game is sort of like the premise of the game, I guess you could say, is um, something catastrophic has happened on Earth, and you are a baby, and you're launched on a spaceship from earth into the far reaches of space to this weird um alien moon and you wake up to try and find out who you are why you're there and what happened to your co-pilot who on the mission who's gone missing um and that's sort of the, the setup for the game um and uh doing lots of fun things sort of with the tried and true metroidvania genre we have um as you can see in the footage here and you'll see in the demo all sorts of different movement types so in addition to what you usually get in a game like this which is you're running around on foot um we've got like swimming and jetpacking and wall climbing and we have all of these crazy vehicles like mechs and dune buggies and flying saucers and stuff so the game is huge um obviously it's been a, a, uh, a lot to uh to take on for a very small team um, but we can talk a little bit more about that as we play through the demo uh 
I'll just pause the game if you have questions or we can chat about what the experience of making this game has been like. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this demo itself, like uh, I always like to kind of hear as we're seeing yeah. through it, um, how, how long specifically do you guys work on this part? And is it is it a demo yeah. that's reflective of a part of the game? Like how how smart did you guys go about <laughs> creating this? Yeah. Because it's one of the worries of creating demos because it takes away from making the main part of the game. Yeah. So this demo has been sort of this long burn thing that we sort of... Um, have been working on for a long time and we continually sort of add little things to it and update it and, and fix bugs and stuff like that. Yeah. Because the demo, I mean, demos can take a crazy amount of time away from development. And when you only have two people, um, I also want to mention we're working with an amazing compo- a freelance composer named Will Roger. Um, he's writing the music for the game, but yeah, anytime you do a demo, it just, it just basically destroys your production schedule. Um, uh, but yeah, so basically our demo was really hard to make because again, we're doing like, this is like a really huge open world, non-linear game. Um, but you have to create a demo that can be used at trade shows. So we've gone to like GDC and PAX and E3 and stuff like that. So the game has to like, you have to put together a slice of the game that can be played in like a 15 or 20 minute chunk of time by someone on a show for, but it also needs to be like a meteor experience. So something that's more like 45 minutes or an hour for someone like a streamers. Cause we send out our demo to streamers on like for uh, Twitch and YouTube and stuff to get press for the game. Um, so what we ended up the, basically the compromise that we did with our demo is that the demo that I'm going to show you now that we're using for our game is linear because you can't, if you want to show off like a, a diverse number of locations in the game world and like enemies and vehicles and stuff. You can't really do that effectively in a non-linear way in a short amount of time. Cause you're going to con- confine the player to a tiny little piece of the world. So what you're going to see in this demo is basically sort of like this linear romp where we're going to, we tunnel the player through uh, a variety of different content. Um, if that makes sense, but the actual shipping game is going to be like this big open world um, non-linear thing. It's fantastic, man. I'm all challenged. (laughs) Let me sneak my face. Can I? No, I can't. (laughs) My headphones (laughs) is restricting me. But I'm always impressed by your output, man. Like a decade ago, when I was only starting to recognize your your skill set, and then you coming out, and and every part of this game is so it looks so polished, man. Like, um, and and you're the main artist of the on the team, right? Like, um, yeah. What what extra? What extra things besides what you've had already that you had to learn to kind of get this from from start to finish? Um, yeah. If we want to boil it down to this demo, like what what skill sets did you have to pick up? What resources did you use to kind of be the other half uh, to to deliver? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that it looks polished. I mean, we've it, that's the thing is this, we've just taken us six years, <laughs> you know, so that doesn't come like quickly. That's the thing. And it's just really interesting you say, well, it looks polished. You know, it it takes a crazy amount of time and effort to make um, a polished game, you know. Uh, and that's a decision as a developer that you have to make. It's like, well, we're going to maybe make a smaller game that's less ambitious visually or with gameplay, or we're going to make something that's blown out and it, we don't even know how long it's going to take us, right? Um, so that's always a difficult decision to make. But as far as like, um skills to get to the point where like i can take on basically all of the creative aspects of the game while my partner does all the engineering and game direction and programming and stuff i mean i started working in games in 2002 um as an animator at ea so basically my career track was like i started as an animator um went worked at volition on the saints row game as a cinematic artist worked at um worked at, did like lots and lot many years of freelance animation and cinematic direction and animation and lighting and stuff for sony um uh worked at 2k for almost six years as a video ed- editor and animator so basically like to answer your question in a short short amount of time as possible like each step of my career i did something different and i stacked my skills and i kept building 
my skills from job to job. So animation stacked on the cinematics, stacked on the, you know, lighting and rendering and editing for um, cinematic design, stacked on the video editing until all of that sort of came together to the point where I was like, I think like, I think I could probably put all that stuff together and build and like, and put it all together in the production of an indie game, if that makes sense. So it was just a lot of time and a lot of hard work and a lot of like dedication, you know? Yeah. Well, you're telling me, man. And like the, the, the beginning problem with a lot of developers is that, and I think your guys' approach is the best approach is the commitment to make the best product that you can no long, no matter how long it takes, because I feel like the no sacrifice approach is, is um, at the forefront. It's great for the end product, but uh, at least it's uh, more self serving. Because I, I, I always feel like um, when you look at a product and you're building on it, and you're like, you know, I can do so much better, but because I'm limited, limited by time, you know, they're only seeing half my 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 flex right <laughs> but yeah, like and, doing every yeah. step of the way 100 percent, i feel like it's a lot better no and even if it takes longer it's definitely like the most painful route that you can take in making a game mm-hmm. uh i mean it's like it's it's super super risky either way like if you decide to do what we've done which is to make this huge game that's super polished and it takes forever to make it's mentally and physically draining. And it's also risky because, um, see, I, te- I have a full-time teaching gig at a university. So I have a, a salary that, you know, allows me to live and to support my family, which it, I would never be able to do this indie game thing without that. Um, because I can't, you know, basically go offline for six or seven years without any money. Um but um, like my partner, Steve, was he saved up responsibly his entire career as a AAA um, designer and engineer and has been working without salary for seven years on this game. Um, I feel like engineers. Uh, have so, yeah, knack. I mean, that, that's a huge, huge financial risk for him. But we're yeah. sort of like. We feel like in order to stand out in like an incredibly oversaturated indie game market, we right from the beginning said, we're going to make something that looks like super professional feels like it was made by a triple a studio. And, and that sort of drove the entire production and the decision-making on our game. And we knew that it was going to be really difficult and really hard and it, um, and painful, painful, which it has been, but we're also like, we're getting close to the finish line and it's like super rewarding to see people reacting positively to it, you know? Yeah, I want to congratulate you guys on a couple fronts. It's like your your um your ability to kind of see things through, to have that ambitious uh goal and I don't know if part of what your your shift to to kind of focus on the game, you kind of like uh created the situation so that you could finish the game, uh taking on maybe the teaching job. I wonder what came first, was it the teaching job or the game or what 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 helped which goals? Yeah. Hey, do you want me to play the demo while we chat? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, let me go ahead and fire it up. Yeah. And we can I can just sort of address your questions as we go. Yeah. Um I mean for yeah, the teaching definitely came first. Um so I got the uh, I teach at the University of Notre Dame. I'm a professor here. Um but yeah, again, like without my teaching oh, getting some feedback. No worries. Uh without my teaching gig, I wouldn't have been able to uh explore this project again just for like purely financial reasons um yeah so definitely got the teaching gig and then as a part of my teaching and what i do academically this game is actually my creative research work uh for the university so yeah no that's huge man having a professor that actually is making a game that's looking this good and plays this well and getting good reception is a huge plus uh, if I was a student in your classroom, I'm just like a teacher is a doer. Ah, it's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important to me personally with my students is as you know, as someone who once was a college student and a grad student, you're always frustrated. Some, not all the time, but sometimes with like your professors who have been out of the loop, like out of the practice for so long, you know? Um, so I do pride myself on the fact that like everything I do in this game all of the like hundreds or thousands of things that go into the making of this game, I, I incorporate into my teaching in my classes to give to my students who want to, some of them want to do this type of stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, that's incredible insight right there because as you're making the game, the whole other side of business and marketing relationship and strategies, I, I wonder how much do you go into that with, uh, with teaching yeah, I mean, and, and talking about it? Yeah, um, and that's the thing about making a game is, you know, actually working on the game is, you know, part of what you do as a, as an indie game developer, but a, a lot of, there's a lot of BS <laughs> that you have to deal with on the side with running a company and negotiating contracts and press and media outreach, building your social media following, like all of that, it takes a tremendous amount of time. So like, if you're thinking about doing an indie game, it's, it's like, uh, it can become an all consuming thing, you know, because so much of your time is you're just, you're just, your time is just completely absorbed seven days a week. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's to, sorry to answer your question. Um, I don't really directly incorporate a lot of the non-development stuff into my classes. Um, as far as like the business stuff, unless students are really interested in it. And then, you know, we just have sort of side chats about it because just teaching the art and the design and, and stuff of all this takes up more than the amount of time I have allotted in my classes, you know? Mm. So this, uh, this, uh, demo that you're playing, are we at mm -hmm. the, the beginning of the game? Uh, yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. So, um, what you just saw in the opening cinematic was the sort of, you sort of get a hint of the, of the destruct partial destruction of earth. And you see yourself as a baby traveling through space. Um, and you wake up, inside your ship so what you're seeing here is the actual inside of your spaceship that you traveled on and in it in and of itself this ship is a playable level or zone in the game that you have to unlock so there's all of these rooms that have different functionality within the ship you have to find figure out how to unlock these offline rooms um, in your ship and you can sort of see these computer terminals uh hinted at there's functionality hidden in there so but uh we're gonna go ahead and grab a weapon here you were mentioning metrovania being like a like a an inspiration what other sources of inspiration uh at least in terms of art and design uh, that you guys kind of drew from to kind of create a new yeah um so as far as like inspiration goes uh i mean for as the artist and as the artist on the game the look and feel of the game it i was i mean i probably am a little older than i may i may look but um i grew up watching sort of those classic sci-fi movies from the late 70s and early 80s like um the original alien movie um the last starfighter some of the early like special effects sci-fi movies and they have like a certain look and feel to them from that era and i sort of wanted to capture capture that in this game in a way um so some of the technology um and the look and the feel of some of the architecture and stuff is sort of drawn from some of those uh, um, inspirational sources uh other sources of inspiration like for the look and the feel and the tone of the game the game is like every, the entire story is presented visually so there's no real text there's no dialogue the, so everything that you learn about the backstory and your character is all done purely through basically through live gameplay and environmental storytelling. Um, so some filmmakers like Alfred Hitchcock, Stanley Kubrick, uh, were definitely inspirational as far as the way they tell stories visually. Um, and then so on the gameplay front, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Gameplay front. Go ahead. Yeah, on the gameplay front, I mean, Steve is the game the game director, Steve Copeland, my partner. Um, we knew that we wanted to make sort of a Metroid-style game. So, like, gameplay inspirations come from the, you know, the core Nintendo catalog, like uh, um, the Metroid games, Zelda series, and then games like more recently like uh, Hollow Knight, Dark Souls, uh, Limbo, just like emotionally, tonally Limbo. Um, yeah, so those are some of the inspirations for the game. You should be hearing me better now, right? I can hear you better. <laughs> yeah, I had my <laughs> desk mic on, so I was realizing, oh man, he must be hearing me from a distance. So now it's we all should good. be good. 
Yeah. So, um, man, it, 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 the crazy thing is that you, you were able to kind of, um, construct the situation to kind of finish the game to where it is right now, but also found a partner just as committed as you are, which is <laughs> yeah. a double, double lottery yeah. winning right there. And uh, for people who haven't been doing that before, can you explain to them like what that really means uh, and how impactful that is to a project? Yeah. I mean, I feel incredibly blessed and lucky to have, uh, then connected to Steve. It was actually the story of us coming together was really pretty unusual. Um, I'm going to, it's actually surprisingly hard to play a, an action game and talk and answer questions. I know, right? I'm getting, uh, I'm an actual like a DLC content for, for future reference. Nah, you guys want to make it much. It's fun. all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh Steve and I did not know each other. We had never uh met. Did you know the top 10 mobile games in the US grossed more than 340 million dollars in June? Do you want your game to earn more? At Figures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may already know them for analytics and app store optimization. Now, At Figures can help you keep track of competitors and the game market. From how many downloads they're getting and how much money they're making to their audience demographics and even which tools they use to power their games. Their competitor intelligence gives you great context. Got a great idea for a nap or a game? With app figures, you can figure out how big the market is and how much money you could be making with it. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news. With app figures, you can see if that brought in more downloads. And that's just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your game or building a new one, app figures has what you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. Best of all, you don't need a large budget or data science degree to do this kind of thing anymore. App figures has made it affordable and simple. On top of tools, app figures also provides a lot of guides and tutorials to take you step-by-step step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. They just released a free guide on that, actually. Head to appfigures.com forward slash on forward slash unchained to try AppFigures for free. Again, that's appfigures, A-P-P-F-I-G-U-R-E-S dot com forward slash O-N forward slash Game Dev Unchained to try it for free. If you like it, use our special code GDU3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. This episode is sponsored by Mudstack. For all the artists out there that are working within a game studio, big or small, you're going to need a great collaboration platform custom built for the digital artists. That's where Mudstack comes into play. It's a special version control review platform custom built for individual artists, whereas other source control feels like it's being built for software engineers. Mudstack is geared towards artists so that Collaboration gets even easier, and the only thing you need to concentrate is on your game itself and not the software. So do yourself a favor. Go to the solution built just for you, the artist, and get started for free in just a few minutes at mudstack.com. That's M-U-D-S-T-A-C-K.com. Um, but we worked, we both independently worked with a guy named Tom Happ, um, and Tom made uh, an indie game called Axiom Verge. Um, he's actually working on the sequel now. But uh, Steve worked with Tom at um, in a variety of studio positions. I went to grad school with Tom uh, at Rochester Institute of Technology. And um, weirdly enough, after his first game, Axiom Verge, shipped, Steve and I, almost at the exact same time, independently contacted Tom asking if he wanted to work on a game, <laughs> which is really, really weird uh, timing-wise. And um, Tom basically said, hey, he introduced, he put Steve and I in touch. And that's how we started working on this game together. Um, so it was a very unusual sort of congruence of, of timing, you know, that happened. Um, but yeah, Steve basically quit his AAA career and wanted to go all in on making an indie game and building an indie studio. 
So we both had like the same goals at exactly the same time. Um, and Steve was, is basically at the same point in his, in his career um, as I was, I think, you know, he started working in games in around the year 2000, but he was like a, a high level, senior level engineer and game designer. And I was doing the exact opposite career track. So our skills came together like really nicely. And, and what I realize now is an extremely rare, uh, you know, combination of, of, of two people that sort of had the same goals and, ex- and uh, experience. Yeah, that's that's insane. You guys weren't even friends before and became friends through the development of this. That's that's yeah. even more of a rare situation. It's like I've never met you before, but let's uh get married and be committed <laughs> yeah. for like the next six years. It actually is like my wife is I always publicly thank my wife because without her, we have three kids. I mean, she does an crazy amount of work and has sacrificed a lot to allow me to make this thing happen. But um but yeah, working with, it's almost like I have, um, a wife and then another spouse as a game development partner. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. a lot to handle. Man. It's, it's a lot, lot to, to handle. handle. Yeah. So let's, let's go with the, uh, or as we're going through these puzzle elements right here, let me throw you another yeah. challenge here. So, uh, the original, uh, estimation of, uh, release versus now, like I, it's a question I always like to ask. Um, uh, where you guys thought would the uh, where the game would have finished versus uh, six years in development? Like when did we think we were going to be done originally? Yep. <laughs> uh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, we never, we never like. It's funny because one, the crazy thing about making uh, about making games um, is that you don't really know how long it's going to take until you start working on it and building all of the many, many pieces that have to go into it. Um, if you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think, I think our original estimates were probably maybe like three years. Um, because that's as a studio developer, typically like the longest project I ever worked on at a studio was maybe two and a half years. And I felt like I was going to completely lose my mind <laughs> spending that, spending that much time on one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we realized as we continued to develop and build this game is that we just had so many ideas for the design of the world and the visuals and the story and the gameplay. It's sort of, I don't know if I'd say it was feature creep, but like the game just kept getting bigger. And I think we were okay with that because we loved it so much and we really believed um, in what we were doing that we accepted the fact that it was going to take a lot longer than we thought. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure the feedback loop was uh, pretty rewarding just to see something that you guys both created with a relatively small team and, and, and seeing it yeah. actually uh, in, in actual um, fruition. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure absolutely. by that time you guys were testing it a lot, right? A lot of feedback from those guys or friends and colleagues. Yeah, I mean, we've had the good fortune of getting, um, having been accepted into like a bunch of uh, conferences and festivals. Like I mentioned, uh, uh, we showed the game last year at PAX East and GDC. We've done a couple shows. Um, one of them's a really great one called The Mix, The Mix at E3, uh, run by a really great guy named Justin Woodward. Um, so we've shown the game publicly. Uh, we went to actually uh, Comic Con. What else? Uh, we did the Unity conference a couple of years ago, which was pretty sweet, called Unite. Um, so those li- live shows were really, really awesome to just get the game out there in front of people and just let them play, you know, get their reactions and feedback uh, to what we were doing. Um, and that was, it was rewarding because, you know, if any of the people watching this that are making their own games know, like 95% of the time making a game is you are, you're just, you're completely isolated. You know, you're working in isolation. You're not getting any feedback. And then you always question like, what am I, why am I doing this to myself? Um, Constantly doubting and full of fear and anxiety. And um, so when you take it out publicly, it's nice to get validation that what you're doing actually is working. Hmm. So how, how much of the, um, I'm sure it was a collaborative process between you and 
your partner. Um, the the story I, I feel like when I talk to a lot of indie devs is it's a very personal one when it comes to applying it within the game. Uh, what what can you tell us about uh, coming up with the theme and the backstory and what this character is doing to yeah. to achieve the goals? So the way that um, the sort of the, like the relationship that Steve and I had early on is Steve Steve basically said, "Look, I want to make like a, an open world, like a nonlinear Metroid style game." That was really the only high level direction that he gave me so he really said like you know he gave me total freedom uh to to figure out like the story the backstory and like the characters and the look and the feel of the game you know which was which was awesome um uh, but so yeah like yeah i mean i just sort of thought like what what have i never seen in a game before what what type of story like would be really weird and different and unique um not only the story but just sort of like the visual style like what can we do to make ourselves unique and stand out um so i just sort of went off and listened to lots of weird orchestral music um (laughs) and uh a lot of progressive rock i like rush i'm a Mm -hmm. huge rush fan Mm -hmm. and um looked at a lot of surrealist artwork and that helped to inspire me um, in the con- conceptualizing like the idea behind the, the game and the backstory and everything. So. That's huge. Yeah. Music definitely plays a huge role. And I'm sure when you guys decided to uh, invite someone into your party, like the composer, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, was it Will? What was his name again? Sorry. Do you hear me? Yep, I got you. Okay. What was the composer for for you guys? Um, our composer's name is Will Roger, uh, Wilbert Roger the second. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's great. He's a he's a freelance composer. Um, we we actually he's been working on our project since like 2015 on and off, and it's actually funny because his career has really taken off, and uh, we sort of like to joke because like in the process of him writing the music for, for this game, he has scored a destiny game. He has scored a call of duty game and he has scored mortal Kombat 11. (laughs) (laughs) So like in between every triple a game he works on, he returns back to us and and continues to chip away at the music for us. It's sort of like this ongoing joke. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's super, super talented and a really nice guy. Yeah. And I want to explain to the viewers right now, they're not hearing the audio, but I'm sure it's, it's beautiful and uh, we will be <laughs> yeah. fixing it in post. <laughs> yeah. We spent a ton of time on the sound design and music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make sure to kind of fix it when this clip comes out. Yeah. But like the, the thing I, I love about your demo and this is what I, I see a lot from, from animators or, or people who understand cin- cinematography and, and telling a story is yeah. that you, you really, and this is probably a combination of all you guys together, but I, I can definitely see your hand in um, just playing around with the rhythm of a demo rhythm of the game. Yeah. You know how to cut a trailer. Obviously that's one of your background skills of many. Yeah. So like the way you show off the game is, is someone very mindful of what is the end product, which is, you know, a second ago where we're seeing a mech and now we're going through the vehicles. It's like, there's a lot of variety here that I love that, yeah. that makes me feel like, man, this is so polished, but this guy gets it <laughs> of what makes, you know, you know, just like music, how to keep people engaged. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great observation. And I think that's like kind of what we were talking about before where my experiences in my career are sort of stacking, you know, so starting with animation, adding on storytelling as a cinematic artist and director, doing lighting and um, rendering and editing for my, in my cinematics work for Sony. How do you how do you like I got that guy stuck on top of me. How do you get all of the how do you like jam all of those disciplines together into a genre like this, like a Metroidvania genre where you typically don't see 
a lot of that type of stuff, you know? And so that's been a lot of fun and has taken a lot of, you know, when I'm just, when you just sort of look at the game and play it for the first time, if you're, um, you don't get the, 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 what the point I'm trying to make is all of this stuff takes a really long time and a lot of experimentation, um, to figure out and to make it look and feel right. You know? Um, so that's a huge, huge challenge is figuring out all of the mechanics of the gameplay and how they relate to the visual presentation and simple little things that we do with the camera, you know, like pushing the camera in and pulling it out to dramatically frame to, to tell the player something, you know, um, that it just, it's a, it's an, ex, it's a process of experimentation. Yeah. And, um, We've had the pleasure before having a, a trailer editor come on to the podcast before. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of that is what we're kind of uh, discussing right now is that having the ability of what to show really helps with not just game demos, but like with the pacing um, uh, to kind of work backwards of what you're going to show to a publisher. Because yeah. Uh, those guys uh, are seeing a bunch of thousands of games come across their table all the time. And if you make right. it easier for them of like telling this story, the essentials of the beating heart of your game and communicate right. that, it really helps them. Like, I get it. Right. Um, and, and sell. And you have sell, to do it really it. clearly. You, exactly. You have to know what the message is of your game. It's, it's super important to get that. Yeah. Cause if you don't understand what you're trying to say with your game, if you don't understand the arc of the story and the characters and whatever, you'll never, you'll never convincingly convey that to the player, you know? And it's really, really hard to do. It takes a lot of time to figure that out and it's a pretty painful process. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't, I keep saying the word painful a lot. I hope I'm not, uh, I don't mean to be discouraging, but that's the reality of it. It's, it's the really reality of game development, man. It's, uh, it's a lot of self doubt. Like you said, it's very isolating. Even if you're working on a big team, you're finding yourself mostly by, by yourself, figuring things out. Yeah. Uh, for the bulk of the time, uh, and battling imposter syndrome the whole time. <laughs> Imposter syndrome is very, is very real. Yeah. The funny thing is, is like, I found that, um, the farther you go into your career, like the higher up you go, the bigger projects you work on and all that kind of stuff, the more doubt I feel like I'm always nervous and I'm always doubtful about what I'm doing. And I've, I've had conversations with lots of friends that I used to work with who are at senior levels positions. And they say it actually gets like worse and worse the, the farther down along, the farther down the rabbit hole you go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think that's what keeps me motivated and I don't ever feel comfortable and I never feel confident. So I'm always trying to improve myself and do the best I can. This guy, you're, you're shouting off a mountain saying that I don't feel confident but i'm looking throughout this demo I was like how the hell did you do all this <laughs> <laughs> i know it's it's yeah it, it's it seems like it's sort of uh it doesn't it doesn't seem logical but it is a it is a weird thing this is the end of the demo by the way here so mm-hmm. this is great man. I need to concentrate really hard <laughs> i've only played it about 750 times <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, oh, of course the monster comes up. See, this is what I'm saying, man. A lot of games oh, are missing. Oh, God. <laughs> you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you got everything in this in this demo. It's exactly what we've been <laughs> been told to do by marketing over and over. It's like, yeah. yo, you need to amp it up every five seconds. It's like, every five seconds? He's like, yes. <laughs> Yeah. And it took us, like I said, it took us a long time to figure out like, how do we, what, first of all, what little parts of the game do we show? We want to show variety. How do we pace it out dramatically? Like, how does it, how does the demo feel like a little mini game that sort of builds right to the end? And all of that took a a ton of time and a lot of tweaking and feedback from our, um, when we showcased it live. Mm Hmm. Again, man, you know, you work on something for six or seven years, you better figure it out by the time it's done or there's no hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way you did it is is something I, I feel like most game developers need to kind of um, follow. 
Yeah. Oh, we just we actually just hit a bug. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just pause it there so, so it doesn't look ugly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like uh, the the way that you do it is what I I actually encourage a lot of people. Like if you can't do it and stay committed and 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 stay on top of things for six years, then don't do it at all. You know what I mean? Like if you're not ready for the long haul, don't start um, because. Uh, getting people involved and, uh, you know, making sacrifices while you're yourself developing it. It can be right. really tolling uh, or take a toll oh, yeah, on, totally. on everything. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my grad school mentor, my grad graduate school advisor, the first thing he told us when we first started in grad school, he's like, the reason why we start something is to finish it. The only reason why we are starting this short film or this whatever you're working on, the goal is to purely to finish it. And we didn't understand at the time what that actually meant. But now I totally do because it's deceptively difficult to actually finish something difficult that you start. Um, and that could be a game. It could be losing weight or learning a language or learning an instrument or something like something that takes a crazy amount of commitment. It's super hard to finish. Um, so uh we're getting there man we're getting there yeah man and i'm I'm glad you're getting there because it gives me a lot of hope and it's exactly what you say a lot of game developers a lot of people who are interested in indie i i know a lot of people who are very good at starting things because that's the way the <laughs> excitement is right that's climbing yeah that's at the peak of the mountain, right? Uh, where it's like, it's exciting. You're brainstorming. All those right. ideas are flowing and you're, it's a fun thing. And then when finally you got to roll up your sleeve, that's where people start to deteriorate. These people yeah. start uh, uh, avoiding meetings. Uh, things slip. Uh, mm. Because to me, there's so many elements to what you guys have done and are, are, are doing. And, and the game finally, you know, almost out where it's so impressive because this is your guys' first game, right? You know, yeah. was there, there wasn't any secret uh, pre-a-new indie game that you guys tried and, and didn't <laughs> do, right? You guys stuck with it. And this is an amazing first, first attempt, uh, man. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah thanks. Um, I mean, it didn't look like this the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Do you hear me? We're going through a wormhole. Oh, okay. Oh, do you hear a weird echo? I, f I feel like I just took a very strong hallucinogenic drug there. That was fun. Okay. I can I can hear you. <laughs> you can hear me now? I can hear you. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't always look like this. I mean, it looked really, really rough early on. Um, now, there's no secret game. I think, like we worked really hard on it. We didn't, we didn't like publicly reveal or show. We didn't like launch our website or show a lot of screenshots or footage until we had like a little piece of the game that looked fairly polished. Um, and uh, we, we haven't put out a ton of trailers because they take a lot of time to make. We will be doing that soon when we get close to our beta, but um, yeah, it's just like, it's just this iterative process of, trying things they look really bad they they don't play well going back redoing tweaking um and there's like tens of thousands of things that go into a game like this and like each one of them requires a ton of attention and work and patience to iterate and refine and get to the point where it truly feels like something that should be like it's of, of high quality um and uh it's just it's uh it's just like a grind, you know. I mean, I think probably a lot of the developers you've interviewed that are making games will say that it's not fun most of the time. Mm -hmm. People always like the first question you get when you're talking to someone if I go into my kids' classroom or something, they're like, Mr. Spoonhauer, you make video games. That's so awesome. That must be so much fun. And I have to sort of very like, <laughs> like you know It's time to grow up, um, kids. Yeah, time to grow up. Um, Jeff is like smoking. <laughs> Let me tell you about. <laughs> I have like I have like five cigarettes hanging out of my mouth. Um, but uh, it's just it's like ninety percent of the time it's a grind. Um, but something inside of you, there's this voice inside of you. There's something in your spirit, or I feel this. Uh, I feel this way. There's something in it's my soul or whatever that is against all odds, um, pushing me forward to 
finish this thing, even though most days it's a struggle and you don't, you're always sort of questioning and wondering why you're, why you're doing it. So uh, it's just a very, for me, it's like a super personal thing at this point. It's like, I don't care about if it makes money, we want it to make money so we can keep making games, but it's never been about that Mm. for the two of us. It's always been like, can we actually finish this thing and achieve the vision that we had in our minds from the beginning? That's what's driving us forward, you know? And that I, that is the essence. I think from talking to developers such as yourself and me feeling the same, like the essence, um, is, is about, um, what pushes me forward and what I hear a lot of developers say is that the, what, what makes them finish is that they, they have something very important to say and only they can say it. Right. So having that passion behind it is great because it really helps drive through things, but even passion is like, Oh my God, (laughs) give me a sec. Let me do other things for a sec. Uh, It's the, uh, it's the voice. Uh, A lot of it's the voice is like, what, what 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 am I going to leave behind after I'm gone? You know, a legacy. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's something like that where I feel like every game developer who pushes through all the hardship and sacrifices, yeah. um, it's that 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 message that they want to leave in the world, and uh, and a lot of it too is is ego. Yeah. At the end of it, it's like, man, I've been spending how long on this? You know what? No matter what, I'm going to finish this. All these naysayers, you know, I'm going to make sure I make my statement. Yeah, I think it would just be a crime. It would be a disservice to ourselves as hum- two or three human beings working on this to not finish it. I mean, we've just we've worked, we've put so much time and effort into it um, that to not finish it, it's just not even an option. What is it like Apollo thirteen? You know, mm-hmm. in the great movie Apollo thirteen, they're at the end, they're like, failure is not an option or whatever. Yeah, that's sort of the feeling that we have is like it's not. We've been through so much. Um, Steve likes my partner, dev partner, Steve always likes to say like a game like this is like you're climbing Mount Everest and uh, you know, you're, you're climbing up the mountain and like, you'll fall down, you'll go up and then you'll fall down all the way back to the beginning and you'll continue to climb and then you'll fall and then you, you get up higher and then you, you start seeing like bodies frozen in the ice oh, you know, yeah. of the other oh, developers. Who yeah, exactly. You know? And like, you're like, you're pulling yourself up to the top of the mountain. There's no oxygen. You're like, you're up there and you you plant your flag in the ground and you did it. You know, I really love that analogy. And I know it seems like extremely dramatic, but, (laughs) but overly dramatic, but it really does feel truthful when you're working through this process. So we're going to finish it, man. You're going to finish it. Well, with that being said, you know, I know you guys have some exciting news to want to share and I'm going to hand the mic over to you to kind of shout out give intention and, and let the good people out there know how they can connect with you after the conference. Oops. I'm sorry. I lost you there, Brandon. Oh, no worries. I'll repeat myself. Yes. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and hand the mic over to you because I know you guys have some exciting news to share and uh, it's actually good timing too, uh, to kind of help people find you guys and uh, check out the game demo, man. Yeah. Um, so I, after, uh, I finished up the demo, I just pulled up our website. Um, if you're interested in seeing more about the game, we've got a trailer here. Uh, it's just a new, the game.com. Uh, yep. Some of our awards from shows, screenshots. Um, we just revealed our full world map, uh, about a week or so ago. So that was really exciting to sort of tease the scope of the game. Um, but, um, yeah, sort of like what we're trying to do right now is get as many people as we can to just head over to our Steam store page and take a look at us. And if you're interested, uh, wishlist us. That is a huge, um, it's it's something that's super helpful for indie devs who are getting close to launching. So, yep, and that. And then we have a really great community over on Discord. So you can click that button um, or it's just uh, the distant light is our server. Um, and yeah, next week, um, we were really excited to find out that we got accepted into the Steam Summer Game Festival. So, uh, um, so yeah, so between June 19th and I'm sorry, June 9th and June 14th, um, you'll be able to download the demo that you just saw and play it for yourselves. And it'll actually be a, um, updated demo. So we've put, uh, we've cleaned up a whole bunch of stuff, fixed some things. The game is running um, really, really smoothly. And yeah, so that demo that we just streamed here will be 
completely playable for free to anybody on Steam um, next week. Um, that's it. And then, yeah, we're just working on content and we're trying to hit our beta, which will eventually turn into a launch. So that's All what's right. going on. We're also on Twitter, too. And we've got our social media right up here. I'll do all my best to kind of forward everybody in Discord to go over. And I'm always championing you guys. Uh, you, I appreciate it. Whenever I, I look and see your progress, man, it gives me a lot of hope. It's like, maybe I can start my six-year journey right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a couple drinks and have a chat. All right. Well, thanks again, Jeff, for coming on. And uh, for anybody that's tuning in, we will be updating the the post clip with audio and upgraded uh, gameplay demo. So uh, be sure to check that out on the YouTube channel. Yep. Thanks a lot. Thanks Jeff. for having me, Brandon. Of course. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail future, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody